Hello, listeners of the CineScare podcast. This week, you may notice that my voice sounds kind of funny, and that's because we had some technical difficulties, and my microphone was not hooked up properly. So, if you notice that I sound like I may be speaking in a tin can, that is why, and we apologize. Hopefully, you can still enjoy the episode anyway. Thank you. Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. I was literally spitting a whole bunch during that, like <laughs> like saliva was just coming out of my mouth. I don't know what's going on. Matt, it um, seems empty in here. It, it does. You like know? there's more room. Like I can there's... stretch out, spread my legs, or yeah, stretch we, my legs we, and spread out. Yeah, that's what I wanted. We, we can spread our elbows and stretch our legs. Yes. We can go like we can do the like a little elbow dance while we're while we're sitting here. We don't have we to We can do it. the Charleston without kicking each other. I don't feel crowded. Yeah. And or I have a post. feeling I, <laughs> I, I and I have a feeling uh no there will be very few mispronunciations this week of words. I would expect not. And I think there will be few. There will be less faces being made while I'm trying to talk. You know, less interruptions. Of course, it will still be rigged. Well, of course it'll be rigged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always rigged. You're against me. You're yeah. against me. You're against me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody. That's our, nobody. <laughs> what? That that's our uh, our nice polite way of saying Mark's just not here. Mark is actually currently right now dangling off a ski lift uh, at our ski resort that's already been closed for the weekend. <laughs> really? They were closed and he went there? <laughs> no, it was one of his worst nightmares is uh, oh. that movie Frozen that I had seen years ago where the, the kids go on a ski trip and uh, they're on the ski lift. And they shut down the weekend for, or they oh. shut down the mountain for the weekend and they're trapped there. And that's, that's, that's his right. biggest fear. That's what Mark's doing right that. now. Oh, it's such a good movie. So much yeah. better than the Disney frozen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Mr. Mark Biscati super fan is not going to be with us this week. And so, which is perfect because we saw a movie that now we don't have to put up with a bunch of faces being made at us. <laughs> While we talk about it, uh, and I think that you know most people who listen to the show probably have seen this. If not, uh, I highly recommend you do, and that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Yes, the uh, 2022 uh, Netflix uh, continuation, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's because it's, it's got an original character in it. Yeah, I mean it. it that's one that we need to hit is, in fact, if we plan this better, and, and and that brings me to one thing I did want to do in this episode, too, either before we get to our theme or after, is talk about new releases coming out this year. 
Because if we thought, planned ahead, we could have probably placed an episode on Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise to coincide with <laughs> the release of that movie, I guess. Sure. sure. Um, that might have been a good thing to do. But, you know, I, I guess I, I wasn't expecting this movie to become quite as popular as it's been just because there's been so many of them and there've been diminishing returns on all of them. And you want to talk about screwy timelines, the timelines on Texas Chainsaw Massacre are ridiculous. Like in fact that they don't make any sense at all. Like, like Halloween franchise equivalent of uh, screwy. Yeah. Well, it's almost that only it's almost like, or like Friday the 13th, how they had somebody else in the Jason character, you know, for one of the episodes only. Yeah. Only, Texas Chainsaw, I think, has had a few different people be Leatherface. Um, it's it, it will be interesting for us when we do it because we're going to have to do it at some point uh, to kind of try to work through those timelines. I guess. Yeah, i I will just briefly touch on it and say that uh, i I enjoyed it quite a bit. I had extremely low expectations, okay. kind of like when a when a horror movie comes to network TV. Yeah, but this exceeded my expectations. I I cheered. I I I was rooting for Leatherface in several occasions, mm-hmm. just because the victims were so deplorable in my eyes. Um, but yeah, I I was surprisingly a fan of this movie. By the end of, the, I would gladly watch it a second or third time. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely will watch it again. I think. I think it's. Um... You know, I thought it was a fun film. I didn't think it was great. It, you know, it wasn't anything great. No, it's uh, not groundbreaking or anything. No, but, and, but I, <laughs> I liked it. I had a fun time with it, and I, I was not expecting much because I'd heard, well, for one thing, Superfan didn't like it. Mark didn't like it. Uh, and he told us, oh, it's awful. Oh, it's terrible. And then I think you and I both watched it. I, I, it almost seems like at the exact same time because I, I watched I it actually, that next morning, I think. I had watched it uh, actually either the same time as Mark or before Mark. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to give my opinion until oh, after yeah. he had voiced his, yeah. uh, just to make sure he wasn't jumping on any bandwagon. So, yeah, yeah, he he was in the camp of, I don't like this, this is garbage. And I yeah. was just an opposing camp. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he definitely didn't like it. But I, I guess, I don't know of his opinion, but I also I had also heard from other people online because I'm in some different horror groups online or whatever, different people had talked about it and, and it, it didn't have the greatest uh, buzz going on. So my expectations were way low. And when my expectations are low, <laughs> that's probably the best time to see a horror movie because you're just exactly. going to have fun. Then you all yeah. pretenses out of the way, as long as it's a fun movie like that one, you know, if it's a horrible movie that, is also like a slow burn that is, you know, or whatever is a chore to get through. That's different. This one or is what, 75 minutes or 80 minutes or something like that. I can't remember 80, what the 80, 81 minutes. Yeah. 81 minutes. And a good portion of that, of course, is credits. So really you're talking yeah. about like a 70 something minute movie. So it was tight. It was, it was, you know, if this had been, and, and thankfully it wasn't because it, I think we had talked before that, a lot of Netflix movies tend to be a little on the long side, you know, like they could I was, use some editing. This one I was, was just great. Yeah, I was just about to say, how many times have we brought up 
a timing issue on a movie that we've watched where we've said the phrase, oh, if it was only a half an hour shorter, or oh, if it right. was only, they just cut another 10 minutes out of it. This would have been a really good, tight story. And this one finally did it. Yeah, no, it was it was great. There were some, some things, you know, that I didn't think were that, uh, you know, great about it, obviously. I, think I it, but, but it wasn't trying to be anything other than just a slasher. You know, that's really what it was. It came down to um, you had some characters that these the only difference on this one is that unlike most slashers, you actually aren't really rooting for the people to get away, except for, I guess, maybe the main characters. But like the the, you know, whatever, the meal for the, the slasher, the guy that, you know, the people who are set up to just get killed. You really didn't care too much because there was a little bit of a satire there um you know but i think that was done very well because you know in in junkie horror movies where there's a kill just to have a kill and you really don't have an attachment to that character or you don't care about that character almost like a throwaway Mm -hmm. they at least made these people so unlikable to a certain generation yeah. that they very quickly established a relationship. It wasn't a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, normally you would feel bad that all these people are getting slaughtered, but this time, you know, they turned the tables on us and we were cheering right along with Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought the line, you know, and there were some people that I, I saw talking about it online too, the line where he's where the, one of the characters is like, "I will cancel you." I thought that was a little overboard. Like there were some clunky stuff. It was a bit like on that. the nose, yeah. It was a bit on the nose, yeah. There were a few things like that that were that were just a little, oh god, you know. And it took you out of it a little bit, but I mean, there it wasn't that big of a deal because it's already not something that you're probably looking at as being a classic. You know, it's just an entertainment, and for that. I thought it was pretty good. But now what what surprised me is there has been so much talk about this movie. Like there there is a bit of a debate. There's a lot of people who absolutely hated it. And there's a lot of people who just loved it, you know. I'm probably somewhere in between. I mean, I enjoyed it and I had a really good time. I'm not I wouldn't say in between cuz I didn't hate it. I don't I don't think I hated anything about it, but I mean, I, you know, it's, it was just an entertainment. It's not like I came away thinking this is the best, you know, slasher I've seen in ever, you know, I just felt like, Oh, this is a good one. This is definitely, if you're into, um, this kind of thing, I think you'll be happy with it. You know, I, I gave it three and a half, uh, chainsaws, I guess out of five. Yeah, I gave it yeah. three and a half two, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I did three and a half. Um, and I think I, I said, um, what did I say about it? Um, yeah, you know, I just thought it it, it was tight, little, you know, well edited. Um, there was good, good gore. Uh, it looked to me at least like it was practical effects. Uh, and of course that bus scene. I'm sure, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, there's a bus scene that everyone's talking about that was a lot of fun. I, I almost feel like they could have gone a little bit further with that bus scene. There was a yeah. there was there was a I, I feel like they held back a little bit. And there was there was. I think some of the argument on this online and from what I've heard people going back and forth on is that there was this was kind of ripe 
not for parody, but for like to be more of a satire and lean into that a little bit more. And they kind of held back a little so it wouldn't be too comical. But there were some moments that were like perfect for it because there were, you know that you remember the scene. It, and it, it, if you don't want to hear this, it's not a major spoiler, but it, it gives away a kill. So if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead a minute, maybe. Um, but there was a scene where Leatherface takes his chainsaw and goes through a guy and then runs over with the guy still attached to his chainsaw and rams it into a girl who's standing against the wall. And then the chainsaw is making them kind of almost like they're humping <laughs> with each other, you know? <laughs> and I, and it was only, they only lingered on it for a few seconds, but I was like, you know, if you'd stayed on it for a few more seconds, it would have been, you know, it would have been really funny scene. It would have been better if they just, stuck with it a little bit longer, but there were just a few things like that. I felt like they were kind of pulling back from some of the, the humor in it, which didn't make sense because it was that whole scene was set up to be kind of humorous in the kills. Um, yeah. If they wanted to pan the, pad the runtime at all, that bus scene could have gone on for another eight or 10 minutes in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, but definitely, I mean, I think they could have squeezed a lot more out of it, but, you know, as it was, it was fine. And it was still memorable. I mean, people are, you know, one thing that you keep hearing people say, that bus scene, that bus scene, you know. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Of course, next week we're going to have to hear. Oh, we're going to get our, our asses handed to us in a week. Oh, my God. I know. We're going to hear, oh, it was all terrible. Actually, you know, he said, and he didn't do it, but he said he was going to record an audio review of it or something like that. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was, I, I think his intentions were to mail it in, but, yeah. uh, totally unnecessary. Mark, we'll catch up with you in two weeks. Yeah, no, no, we'll, you don't need to mail it in. We'll, I'm sure you'll remember all the reasons you didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we can, we can hear those. And, you know, as long to as our you want to talk content. about it. To, yeah. To your yeah. Heart. My heart's content is not, you know, that's not going to be a, a matter long time. of seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but I'm not sure what's worse when Mark really loves a movie or when Mark really hates a movie, which is, which is the worst Mark. I think we'll find out in two weeks. Cause oh, I think you're going to no. get both of it. <laughs> I think you're going to get both extremes in two weeks. That's true. I, after when that episode's done, we can do a vote between the two of us, which is worse. Right. Right. Loving it, Mark or hating it, Mark. I don't yeah. know. Um, all right. What, what else did you watch? Uh, I watched, I've been trying to catch new movies, uh, new horror movies as they appear on streaming services. Yeah. Uh, so I watched Hellbender yesterday on Shudder. Mm, yeah. I, I no, I, I was so busy this weekend. I, and the last couple of weeks have been so busy. I just haven't had a chance to catch up on a lot of these. I'll give you a real 30,000 foot view uh, of this film. There's a mother daughter team that live out in the woods, kind of uh, recluse from everybody else. I mean, they're aware society exists. The mother goes into town for, you know, necessities from time to time. It's in current time settings, but this, we find out later that they are both witches and it's just sort of a awakening film for the teenage daughter. Who's starting to learn about her heritage what her powers are and what they can do. Um, the real oddball, and this is uh, 
a movie that is done by uh, directed by the Adams family, but not um, Gomez and Morticia. Uh, That's right. Yeah, it's actually Zelda Adams and I don't know if it's a brother or somebody. Uh, one of the other people she's related My to. One of the husband, other Adams. Maybe is it her I husband? Know. I know the daughter gets involved too because they did a movie a couple a year or so ago called The Deeper You Dig that I I, I kind of right. liked, and they've done a few others. Too. There's John Adams, Lulu Adams, and Zelda Adams. They're obviously all related. I just don't know how. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Go ahead and talk about it. I'll look it up. But yeah, they, uh, it's it's a bizarre pairing, the mother daughter team. What I I can't say if this takes me out of the mil- film or if it drew me in a little bit more. But the mother daughter team. They're in their own band called Hellbenders, and they only play for themselves. And every time they perform on screen, they do like, you know, almost like a Ziggy Stardust type of makeup job on themselves. I mean, they really get into it. And they make up these real hard, fast songs that aren't very long. Uh, But there's like a good four or five songs throughout this film, which just seem like segues from one segment to the other, which... I guess is a way to try to join all of uh, the segments of this movie together. But I, I don't know. I think my final vote would be, it does take me out a little bit. The movie shot very well. It's cinematographically and the color palette is gorgeous. Uh, there's lots of footage out in the woods that they live near and it's very beautiful to look at, but the writing I think is what was holding me back on this one. It just wasn't really a very solid story. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. It's an average film. It's certainly nothing to write home about or wake the neighbors, but uh, it was okay. So anyway, that's a new film on shutter called hellbender. Yeah. It's uh, John Adams and Toby Poser are um, a husband and wife, I believe. And their daughter, their daughter, Zelda. Adams. Okay. Uh, so that's then, yeah. fitting because Toby Poser plays the mother and Zelda's the daughter. Yeah. And then, yeah, John Adams. Yeah. So it's, and I think there's another Poser that's in it too. Um, I, or another, maybe not in this Another one. Adams. Uh, yeah. Well, there's yeah, Zelda Adams. There is. Lulu Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Lulu's, in, Lulu's in the film. She's the girl that she, um, that, Zelda befriends. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, they have a few movies. Uh, there's knuckle Jack, the hatred. Uh, they've, they've done quite a few just as a movie and so, or as a family. So it's, I always kind of root for them just because it's a, a family affair and they're just making movies based with whatever. I don't, I'm not, I haven't read much art, many articles about them. So I, I don't know exactly how they get funded for it and stuff, but I think it's just them doing it. And, and so it's kind of inspirational. Production quality is very high. Yeah. Um, yeah. The deeper you dig looked great. But there, there are some things. There are some gaps in story, and, and just some things that, that you know, you can tell it's homemade, and 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 not in the necessarily the best way sometimes. But yeah, yeah. But I, I like them, I, and I like the movies that they made. And this one seems to be getting some, some a, a lot of uh, talk. So and deeper you dig, 
did as well. That was kind of the one that I think uh, people really became aware of them. And I, 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 rec- I recommend that one. It's not fantastic, but I do. I did like it when I saw it. I can't remember when I, I might have watched it for Shocktober in 2020, maybe. But anyway, uh, anything. What else did you watch? I only watched one other semi-related film. This just came on Hulu called No Exit. Not so much uh, a horror film as it is a suspenseful thriller. Yeah. There's a young girl named Darby who is in a rehab center, and she finds out that her mother just got taken to the hospital for like life-threatening illness or some sort. And she decides to break out of rehab to go be with her mother just in case she dies and ends up stealing a car driving away from the rehab and she's in Utah somewhere, but they uh, run into some hellacial snowstorm and the road gets blocked and closed by the sheriff's department. And uh, they open up like a welcome center or visitor center for these people that until the road gets cleared out, uh, they have to go spend the rest of the night there. And there's only a handful of people in this cast. There's uh, Darby and there are two other, like, I'd say guys in their 20s or 30s. And uh, a woman named Sandy and an older gentleman named Ed, who you may know. His actual name is Dennis uh, Haysbert. He's the guy that does those deep-talking voices for uh, Allstate commercials. Oh, okay, yeah. And while Darby is walking around outside in the snowstorm trying to get a signal on her cell phone, she notices that there's a van parked outside, and she can see there's a little girl that's taped up and gagged in the back of it. And so she, it's sort of, you know, it's a big whodunit trying to figure out which person actually is the owner of that vehicle and why is there a girl in there and how to get her out. So it's nothing spectacular, but I did enjoy it. Um, I do think that they revealed the ending of it a little bit too soon because once that suspense was down, I really didn't have a whole lot of places to go, but it was enjoyable for, you know, while it lasted. And I, of course, you know, did like what most other people did. The minute I kind of figured out what was going on, I made my judgment of who I thought the killer was, and I was dead wrong, which I was happy about. So that in itself makes it enjoyable. So again, that is No Exit on Hulu just came out. Yeah, Yeah, I'll have to check that out. There is another Hulu movie that I intended to watch this weekend called The Feast that looks pretty... um, pretty gruesome. I keep hearing from people that don't, don't watch it while you're eating or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's supposed to be pretty well done. It's kind of a slow burn until things go off the rails. Uh, but that one I've been wanting to watch and I, I just haven't had a chance to, but I did. One thing I wanted to talk about is a show that I, that wrapped up, I think it was its fifth season and final season. And that is the HBO max show. It might be on, I think it's just HBO Max called Search Party. And this one is it's it's a comedy. So and each episode, I believe each episode is only like 30 minutes. And it it is really funny. It's definitely a dark comedy. 
It stars uh, Alia Shawkat, I think is her name, uh, and uh, you know some other people that they're, they're, the one guy in it is recognizable to me, but the others, you know, you, I, I hadn't seen them in anything else. But Alia Shawkat, she's the one who played, um, she played Maybe on Arrested Development. Did you did you watch that show? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes, I did. And and she's you know she's really good in it, but but it, it the the thing about this show actually there's two shows I'm, I just remembered the other show I want to talk about. Um, but the thing about this show is that it goes in the, all these directions that you're just not expecting, and it does not it never <clears throat> in every season there every season has kind of a thing that is a what that season's about, but it all builds off of this one event that happens in season one. And I, you know, I don't want to say anything more about it, but it's a bit of a mystery in season one. And, and then something happens and this group of four people have to kind of get their way out of it. And it's really good. It's a great, like it starts out as a mystery, a pretty good mystery, and then it's sort of a survival tale, and it is absolutely hysterically funny uh, as well. It's, it's I think, one of the funniest shows on television. It's right up there with uh, what we do in the shadows. It's got it's, – it's definitely horror-related, and, and some of the things they do are – I wouldn't say it's a horror show, but it's definitely some horror-related things. And some of the seasons do come right down to almost being horror. There's a, a one of the seasons, one of the characters gets kidnapped by this, this crazy person, and uh, it definitely has elements of Bates, of Bates Motel or, you know, Psycho as well. Um, but it, it just keeps getting crazier and crazier, and and it's just hysterically funny. So I highly, highly recommend that. It's called Search Party, and uh, you can find it. I believe it started out as a show that was on TBS or something like that, and then it moved over to HBO Max. So you can find all five seasons are available right now, and it's a very easy watch, highly bingeable. Uh, one episode just leads to the next crazy thing happening, and all four of these characters are absolutely hysterically funny, and they all have, like, there's secondary characters surrounding all these characters that are hilarious as well. There's characters that kind of come in and out, and they sometimes have something to do with the main plot, and other times they just check in on them, and it's always something funny, so... Uh, I'm, I, I definitely, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on it because I, I think it's just really, really funny show. So that is again, search party on HBO max. And then another show that I've been watching and, and they're in the middle, I believe of season three right now. And that is M night Shyamalan's servant, uh, on, on, uh, I guess it's, what is it? What channel? Oh, Apple, Apple TV plus. And trying to describe what the plot of this show is, is is very difficult because I don't really know exactly what's going on. I just know that I have to watch it every week when it's on. And Michelle and I are just, like, fascinated by it. But, like, if you were to ask us what's really happening and what the plot is, I honestly don't know. I can't – it's so nutty. I can't quite figure it out, but it's so much fun to watch anyway to me. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But basically what it is is um, – there, uh, this couple 
starts out this couple, you know, uh, relatively affluent couple in New York City. Uh, he's a chef and she's a like a, a host of local news or whatever in New York City. I believe it's New York. And and they have a baby, but the baby is a doll. It's not a real baby, but they're acting like it's a real baby because their baby had died. Their real baby had died. And the mom, uh, played by the one of the daughter from Six Feet Under, uh, and she's into this really unhinged performance. It's, it's quite good. Um, she, she has kind of lost it. And so the, the, the husband plays along as though this doll is really their baby. And then one day they go, they, they, they hire, they, she wants to hire a nanny for the, for the baby. And, uh, Rupert Grint is also in it from Harry Potter. He played, uh, he played the the sidekick on Harry Potter. I can't remember the name of the character now, but uh, the redheaded guy. What, what what was his name? Do you did you watch the Harry Potter movies? Yeah. Um, Why is that name slipping my mind now? Rupert Grant is the actor, and and uh, Harry Potter's best friend. Um, there's Hermione, Harry, and. Weasley, Ron Weasley, Ron Weasley, Ronald yeah. Weasley. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he he's in it, and he's really good. Like I never thought of Ron, of that guy as being a great actor, or a very good actor, but he's really good in this, and he he has a bit of an unhinged performance too, but in a different kind of way. But they all are kind of playing along with this idea that this doll is real. So she wants to hire a nanny. She's like, I'm so busy, I can't take care of the baby, you know, and all this. They're like, what are we going to tell a nanny? You know, but they go ahead and go along with it. They're just basically appeasing her so she doesn't lose her mind completely. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's they go in and the crib, there's an actual baby in the crib, like a live baby. And there's no explanation. Where did this come from? And they realize the nanny that they hired must have brought the baby. But this nanny has all these crazy uh, mysteries going on too. It, it's a really bizarre movie or a TV show. I'm not even sure if there is a mystery at the heart of this, like if that's the point, but I don't know what the point of the show is. I just know that I I'm really enjoying it. And we, we, when it, when that, when they have a season on, which they do right now, we're in the middle of season three right now. Uh, we, we don't want to miss this show. And I, I, after it's over, we have no idea what just happened. We're not quite sure what it all means. Trying to, it, you know, I, we don't even try to like piece everything back together to the beginning because it just does, it's just kind of going almost stream of consciousness in a way. So, but I do recommend it if you're open to the idea of something that is very mysterious and you're not necessarily care if, if the answer at the end is going to be all that appealing or not. I, I have no idea if it will be. It could be when they finish this show, the ending and all the mystery, whatever is solved, might just be completely disappointing. I don't know. Uh, or it might be brilliant and unbelievable. I don't know if they have it planned out, if they know where they're going with it, or if they're just making it up as they go. I have a feeling they're making it up as they go, but I don't know. I'm just enjoying it as it is, so. That is, of course, Servant. It's on Apple TV Plus, and it's not for everyone. I know if some people really don't like it, but I, I think it's fantastic, and the performances are are definitely heightened and not, you know, 
they're, they're um, everybody's a little unhinged, and so I, it's it takes a little getting used to, but I love it. So. I did think of one other thing that I forgot to mention that I did finally wrap up. Uh, it's a book, oh. Stephen King's If It Bleeds. Mm. It's a collection of previously unpublished novellas, but um, there are four stories in this, and Mr. Harrigan's Phone, The Life of Chuck, If It Bleeds, and the last one's called Rat. Mm. I, I gotta say, the first story that was in there, Mr. Harrigan's phone, I absolutely loved. It's just phenomenal story. And I would like to point out that Stephen King released a book a couple of years ago called The Outsider, which HBO right. turned into a mini series, I guess. Yeah. And the C or the story in there called If It Bleeds is basically the continuation of the characters from the outsider. Yeah. Now I loved the outsider and I loved the TV show on HBO max. I could barely trudge through his, if it bleeds continuation in this book. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it was by far the longest story out of the four, but it just took for, you know, he's got that writing style where I could say he walked to the desk and he picked up a pencil that would take, me like two sentences to explain Stephen King will go on for 300 pages right. yeah. describing about how he walked over and what color the pencil was and what did it taste like? So that's the part that was really dredging me, uh, trying to get through this book. But I will say at least I got some closure. I know what happens to those characters from the outsider. He's not going to write another book about it, but it, that's good. I, I will say three out of the four, I found quite enjoyable. It was just that one long one in the middle I didn't care much for. But anyway, if you're a Stephen King completist, you I'm probably probably have picked this up and finished it already. But it took me a while to get through it. Yeah, I you know I either get hooked on his books or sometimes I'm like just struggling and I finally say, why am I trying? I'm just going to read something else. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay. Well, one thing I wanted to do is talk about, uh, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to just go through what movies are supposed to be coming out this year. Uh, just quickly go through a few. Um, of course, we already had um, Scream. Uh, Morbius? I, it, now, I, this is list, I'm, I'm looking at a, a list of horror movies coming out this year, uh, and Morbius is listed as as, as one. And that, but that's a, isn't that like a, a Marvel movie or something? It is. It's a Marvel comic book, but Morbius is a vampire. Oh, okay. You know, kind of like Blade was Vampire Hunter. This is, you know. Well, that is coming out, uh, it looks like April 1st. Yeah, and I'm really not interested in it because Jared Leto's in it. Yeah, you're not a Jared Leto fan? Not really, no. Yeah. Uh, another one coming out that I am excited about. This one's called The Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. Uh, oh, that, yeah. <clears throat> that looks really good. His mask in it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it tells the tale of Finney, a 13-year-old boy who gets abducted by a vicious murderer known as the Grabber. He's locked away in a soundproof basement where no one can hear his cries for help. What? 
<laughs> I don't think they tried a whole lot when they were coming up with the name for that character. The grabber, the yeah. Grabber. <laughs> Yeah. What what names did they turn down before they landed on the grabber? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, making a movie about a, a McDonald's worker. It's called the Flipper. Yeah, the Taker. <laughs> the Taker. I, about a guy who buys something. He's the buyer. Purchaser. The purchaser. Um, but then uh, anyway, they start. They, but then Finney starts receiving calls from a black phone on the wall. The voices belong to the killer's previous victims, already dead who desperately try to help Finney escape. Uh, so that one looks really good. Now, that one, this says that the release date was supposed to be February 4th, so obviously that's not true. Uh, I don't know when that, because it did not come out as far as I know, right? You haven't seen anything about this. No. So I think the re- release dates on this list for some reason are not right. But, of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre we already watched. Uh, Jordan Peele has a new movie called Nope coming out. July in July, uh, uh, which I have loved the first two Jordan Peels. Did you ever watch any of the Jordan Peels? Uh, uh, what is it? The uh, the TV show that he did. The I guess he did kind of redid a lot of the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. It, it was pretty good. I, I watched a lot of them. the the one that they did that was sort of a take on a mere, um, uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. You know, terror at twenty thousand feet, or terror at twenty thousand feet. Uh, yes, he he did a version of that, and they're they're all they're not like redos because it you t- you took the he took the concept from the original episode, and then kind of did something different with it, and so his version of that I thought was pretty good. And there's some others that are really good too. I didn't watch too many of them, but don't worry, darling. That one I, I don't know much about. Harry Styles is in it, though. Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out this year. Uh, Put fall. that to the top of my list. Yeah. I like the first one, okay? I like the first one. But I, I do think it's a little odd that they're releasing the a sequel so many years later. But uh, There's a movie called Dark, Park, uh, Dark Harvest that's coming out. It is a film set in a small Midwestern town on Halloween 1963. What? October Boy is an apparition who surfaces from the cornfields each year and heads to town with a butcher knife in tow, where he's hunted down by the townspeople in an annual event called Run The Run. That looks pretty good. It's called Dark Harvest. The Runs. <laughs> uh, Halloween Ends, of course, is coming out October 14th. So uh, those are the major releases that I could find online anyway. Oh, you're so. skipping a few. You forgot Firestarter. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, this list which I forgot to say, I I watched uh, I watched the original Firestarter too. I totally forgot about it. That's how forgettable that movie is. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah, was just like three good. days ago that I watched it. Oh, I just love that George C. Scott looks like Steven Seagal in that film. Yeah. He's got a ponytail and he's wearing like an Indian jacket and stuff. It's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, and apparently there's also a remake of Salem's Lot coming out on September 9th. Yeah. That, that list that I had, yeah, September 9th. That's right. Yeah. You're looking at the same list now that I am. I, I just and jumped over. Jeepers Creepers Orphan? Reborn. <laughs> Orphan. Oh, the Orphan. Kill? That was supposed to have already come out, though. Yeah. That already and, came out, uh, apparently. There's Evil Dead Rise. I like the first orphan. Did you see the did you see the first? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was good. 
Evil Dead Rise? Yeah. And uh, don't forget, I'm actually looking very forward to this one. Hellraiser. Yep, that's right. Yeah, who's doing the Stephen King? Jamie Clayton. Oh. Which one? Yeah, Salem's Salem's Lot. Lot. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, No idea. Anyway. So, yeah, I I think this is going to be a good year. There's another movie called Fresh coming out March 4th on Hulu uh, with uh, Sebastian Stan. Yeah, there's uh, one called X. I think it's it's a bit of a cannibal movie. Yeah, X with Mia Goth is coming out. Um, yeah, Morbius, nope. Yeah, it looks like Sal- The Black Phone is coming out in June. Salem's Lot is directed by Gary Doberman, who did It and The Nun and Annabelle. So uh-huh. he's got some... Uh, yeah, he did it at Chapter Two. Oh yeah, May twentieth. Uh, there's a movie. What he's doing. What's that? This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, Gary Dauberman. Um, May twentieth. There's a movie called Men. I think I posted the trailer for that on our group on Facebook, and that looks pretty creepy. Just the the trailer alone looks pretty creepy. Um, yeah. So there there will be some good. And of course. Oh, yeah. yeah that's got um. Her name's Alex Garland is in Men. Um, yeah. She was in the last season of Fargo on FX Network. Absolutely loved her. Uh, oh, was she that played the, the one? Nurse. She played what? She played the nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the one with Chris Rock? Yes. Yeah, we. I think we only watched maybe one or two episodes of that season, and we never got back to it. That was bizarre. I, I, I loved every single season of Fargo. Oh yeah, so. I, I love the previous, whatever three seasons I saw. But um, yeah, Hellraiser. Of course, that's going to be played. Uh, what Pinhead's going to be played by a, a woman in that one? Yep. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. No release date. <laughs> yep, a good title. <laughs> yeah. And um, Ari Aster, director of Hereditary and Midsummer, has a new movie coming out called. Disappointment Boulevard, which is starring Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Nathan Lane, and Patti Lapone, among others. Wow, what a what a cast! Um, but it's I'm, I'm not sure if it's horror or not, but I, I'm assuming it is if it's on this list. But it it has no release date yet, so don't know if that's even happening this year. Uh, Evil Dead Rise is going to be on HBO Max at some mm-hmm. point in 2022. So. Uh, uh, there's plenty to look forward to, Joe. Plenty for us to to check out. But unless you had something else to say, no, I just keep looking at this list. That Salem's Lot's coming out on September 9th. Yeah, yeah, this fall I think. And of course, you know, most of the my favorite horror movies are ones that don't even show up on those lists at all, and they just pop up either on on one of the streaming services or they just pop up and you you weren't expecting them. So. Um, so our theme this week, yeah. Nothing I was going to say, you forgot the Munsters remake. Oh, the, the Munsters, that would not, that one did not uh, show up on any of those lists. Yeah. And there is also a remake of, although these say release dates, TBA, 
So who knows if they're coming out in 2022 or not. There's also a remake of The Haunted Mansion from Disney. Oh. All right. Uh, Firestarter, Crimes of the Future. Never I never saw I never saw the first uh, uh, Haunted Mansion, but... With uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Didn't miss much. Okay, you were saying. Joe, you decided yeah. this week that since we didn't have... Uh, we didn't have the the super fan with us. We would do hereditary as our theme, uh, kind of going over. And, and I think we have decided that we'd like to go through some of the new classics of recent times. You know, in the last day, we, we it's uh, we often you know you get caught up in doing classic films from twenty years ago, thirty years ago, whatever, and before. But there are some movies that have come out that aren't just you know, really good movie that we recommend, but are classics, possible masterpieces, movies that are going to be considered classics in the in the future. And Hereditary is definitely one of those, uh, you know, for, in our opinion, right? Um, I know not everybody loved it. Our, our guest from last summer, uh, the author, Patrick Ruman, did not like that movie uh, and is more than willing to... Uh, he didn't tell like everyone he knows that he doesn't like that movie. He didn't like Midsummer either, which I would have gladly thrown into the same category as a classic. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he does have. For any of you out there who did read his uh, book that we, you know, interviewed him about uh, last summer, he has a new one out now. <clears throat> uh, what was the name of that one last? Uh, Someplace so wicked, I think, was the one that he yes. wrote. That we came that came out when about the time we interviewed, he's 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 just constantly writing and he he turns them out really quickly. Um, so he's got a new book out now called A Place or no not a place it's uh it's called The Adirondack Witch. And I don't know much about it. I don't know much about the plot. I haven't started reading it. I haven't read it yet. But it has done really well. It's a top ten bestseller in all of Amazon, <clears throat> I believe, or, or maybe just horror. Uh, but that, is, you know, a lot of times these guys will come out and say, oh, this was a bestseller or whatever. But you look at what category it is, and it's like ghost stories with uh, pajamas or something. You know what I mean? Like they have, a, they have like a, such a narrow uh, uh, category that they have filtered through to say, oh, yeah, it's a bestseller. It's number one in ghost stories with, you know, Fozzie Bear. Um, right. But in this case, it's actually top 10 horror, mo top, top 10 horror books on Amazon and it's in the top 10. So <clears throat> I don't think it's hit number one because it, it's in competition with a couple new, like a new Stephen King book and something else. But, but it is, it's done very well. So at any rate, you might want to check that out. The Adirondack witch, but don't listen to him for advice on movies. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that brings us to hereditary. So I know Joe, this was your choice, right? Or is this considered a choice or we just decided to do it? Uh, it's considered a choice. <clears throat> I mean, I'm consciously always looking for another reason to watch this film. I enjoy it that much. Like I've said a million episodes or at least 38 episodes. I watch, I rate movies on rewatchability and I can yeah. watch this continuously yeah i i don't 
I think this time is my first rewatch, actually, to tell you the truth. I, I, and and I, I don't know what took me so long to get back to because I loved it. But my first experience watching this was not a good experience. I, I mean, you know, actually, I take that back. This is my second rewatch because I did rewatch it soon after it started streaming, which it streamed very quickly after it was released in the theaters, I believe. Um, but I saw it in the movie theater and it was horrible. Like there was uh, three guys sitting like in the very front row who were like laughing through the movie and talking through the movie and everybody was trying to get them to shut up and they were just being trolls. So finally somebody went and got somebody to come and tell them to be quiet or leave and they left. And, but the door to the theater, the movie theater that I was in wouldn't quite latch closed. And so you'd hear, and there was a giant, some Jurassic Park movie must've been coming out at the same time because there was a giant dinosaur right outside the movie theater that I was in and the door wouldn't close all the way. So this giant, you know, dinosaur figure that they had out there, of course, is going to be camera central people coming in and wanting to take photos with it. So people are screaming and laughing out in the hall. Every time a movie is released uh, or lets out, they they're out in the hall, you know, right outside the doors to this theater. It, it was a horrible experience. So I did watch it as soon as it streamed so they could get a better um, uh, feel for it or whatever. Cause it's certainly not the kind of movie you want to watch with a with, with, in those circumstances. It was the worst circumstances ever. So I can honestly say when I rewatched this again last week, it was, you know, 4K Blu-ray in the basement, lights completely off, yeah. watched it totally by myself because I can't stand it when I get questions asked during a movie or interrupted. This is just that kind of movie you need. I'd be totally fine with watching on my own right. entirely. I don't need to experience it with anybody else. No, I. it's it's not a... It isn't one that you need to experience with anybody else. And it's just so I, – I did I, – I just was reminded how great this movie is watching it Except for uh, – what's the son's name? Peter? I hate how Peter cries. <laughs> I didn't have a problem it just, with it. It drove me nuts throughout the whole movie. Every time he cries, it's just like, can we pick a different cry? Who directed this, mm. you know? I, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that at all. I, it was I thought, very believable. I, and, it, you know, it was effective and believable. It just irked me. You know, it was like fingernails <laughs> on a chalkboard. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't notice anything like that. But I, I, I think just the performances in this are just insane. You know, um, the dad, Gabriel Byrne, is just he's so good in this and it's, it's so hard to play a part like that where, um, where, where you, you're not doing, and this is what was funny about the way Patrick Ruman, the author, what he, what he was talking about. What, one of the things that he'll always bring up about this movie when he says he doesn't like it is the, 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 the way the dad was drives him crazy. Like the, the, the fact that the dad was so, kind of lukewarm and wishy-washy and wasn't stand. I'm like, but that's the point. That's, you know, that's this family dynamic. Like, you know, you can't, you can't have a, a movie like this and have everybody handle everything exactly the way, 
you know, in the in the um, the best possible way. You, if it's going to be an interesting movie, you have to have people handling loss and grief in their own ways, and they all do. They all have the the boy, the, the son basically just stays in bed all the time uh, and has panic attacks. The mom is constantly trying to control everything in their lives, and t- down to the point where she is actually making you know, figures of everything that happens in their lives, right? She makes those dolls in the little dollhouse with, you know, scenes of everything going on. And and then the dad tries to pretend that everything's okay, you know, and and doesn't want to get involved in the conflict once everybody just get along. So I don't know. I, I just think that family dynamic in this was just amazing. I did have a question about the miniatures, but I... I would be remiss if I didn't at least read this. Uh, for anybody that has not seen this, here's a very, very brief synopsis. Uh, it's when her mentally ill mother passes away, Annie, who's played by Tony Coletti, uh, her husband, who's Gabriel Byrne, and their son, Alex Wolf, and daughter, Miley Shapiro, uh, they all mourn her loss. The family turn to different means to handle their grief, including Annie and her daughter, both flirting with the supernatural. They each begin to have disturbing otherworldly experiences linked to the sinister secrets and emotional trauma that they have been passed through the generations of their family. But if if you haven't seen this movie, I seriously, we're not kidding this time. Turn off this podcast, go watch it and come back. It's not going anywhere. You really need to see this, but the mother, uh, Annie, Tony Coletti, she, her job is she makes these incredibly lifelike miniatures of their house and other scenes, uh, that she's encountered throughout her life, her family members. And it's, it's extremely believable. Although my question is, did she's, I understand her being very controlling, and she does kind of, I guess, get to play God, but she's sort of recreating experiences that have already happened in the past as miniatures. So I don't really, I didn't take that profession as being controlling and manipulative that way. Like, I'm wondering if there was a different profession that she could have had that would have brought that point across a little bit more. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, that's just my take on it. I think, I feel like she's trying to, you know her way of handling the grief is to just like put everything in order in her life and try to, you know, uh, you know, control it in, in that way and, and making the dolls and making those scenes. I don't know if that's their way of reliving them, uh, or, or, or what, but it, you know, it's also interesting that, that the dollhouse and the regular house, the way it's shot, it's it's sometimes hard to tell if you're looking at the dollhouse or if you're looking in the in the rooms themselves of people because there's a couple scenes where like she comes into the son's bedroom and she's standing there and it just looks like it's set up like a dollhouse even though she's really standing Tony Collette's really standing there the son's really standing there um, but it looks almost fake you know like it almost looks yeah. like you know it's um, toy furniture and 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 figures. But it's really them. Uh, and I, my my biggest uh, appreciation of this film is 
certainly based on the emotional reaction you get out of it. Yeah. And the the heart-stopping intensity that occurs in the car accident scene where they lose their daughter. All they do is they focus on the son, Peter, who's driving the vehicle. Right. And I just, you feel so ungodly terrible. Yeah. I I just I hold my breath when I see that scene. Yeah. I I'm just trying to think if I was that kid, what would I do? I don't know that I would drive home and just park the car and then go lay in my bed and not tell anybody anything about it. But it's such an emotional, heart wrenching moment in the film. I I couldn't tell you what I would do. Yeah. No. It's, know, it's... I I don't know that I could have experienced that. I know, you know, I'm sure a lot of people probably looked at that and like, who would do that? You know, but you don't know. People do all kinds of crazy stuff. People, you know, people, uh, you know, there have been women who've killed their kids who were driving around with the kids still in the in the trunk of their car. You know, I just read about that a a while back of somebody who had done that. And you you just don't know how people are going to react to stuff. And and how they're going to behave in a situation like that. Of course, he was stoned and driving home and it's his sister. And, you know, he is the kind of person to go and hide. He's got a little bit of his dad in that way. And and he, you know, just goes upstairs and hides in his bed. And then the next morning you you hear the mom get up and go and she's getting ready to leave. And then he's the camera's just on his face. Well, you hear the mom leaving the house and then all of a sudden, seconds later, just screams and screams and, and uh, you, I mean, it just, it just gut-wrenching thinking about going out and finding your daughter like that, you know. Uh, and of course, when the Headless. shot, yeah, and when the shot cuts to the head, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's shocking. It's, it's just so well done. And then of course, horrific. The whole, yeah, Horrific. And then, of course, there's just so many creepy scenes, you know, with the 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 woman across the street. Like at school, he's sitting there and he looks across the street and he sees that woman across there. Peter, I release you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just so many, just and there were a lot of shots like that. Those slow zoom in shots, you know, um, where they they pull the camera in, and that reminded me a little bit of. Um, Oh gosh, what's the one I just saw recently? The um, It Follows. There were some shots like that. Oh, just, sure. just a yeah. lot of kind of that slow moving shot, or just the for, sense of foreboding, you know, involved in it is just it, it's just amazing. And it reminds me of The Shining as well. You know, it's very it reminds me of something Kubrick might have made. You know, there's that that very deliberate pacing and kind of slow burn quality, but you know. And of course, when everything goes to hell, it real I mean, it <laughs> it, it goes to hell. It goes yeah. to hell. Like he he definitely you definitely it's not a subtle ending at all. Like it, you know, and it's big, takes big swings. I I just love it. I think it's an absolute masterpiece of 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 uh, horror. I still giggle the first time I see the mom up in the corner of Peter's room yeah. towards the end of the film. And she just sort of swims away yeah. in, in, in space. Yeah. And it's so uh, creepy. It's such a like, yeah, unnatural... there's, n- there's no noise to it. Yeah. It's like they turn the volume down completely 
and it just makes it that much creepier. It's it's almost and like that's the, what the spider walk in you know the spider walk Exorcist, scene in yeah. the Exorcist re or the the you know the the director's cut or whatever. It, it reminded me of that. It's just it's so unnatural and almost in a way fakey looking, but it but it it works because it's just creepy. It gives you the creep. It's it's so unbelievable. Like you could almost buy it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the scene following that when Peter ends up going up into the attic and the mom is sawing her own head off right. for the ritual. It's just and staring at him, yeah. just never breaking eye contact. Yeah. It's just so frightening and disturbing of a scene. Yeah. It's just the whole movie is a masterpiece from beginning to end. And then at the end when her headless body just rises up into the, into the, t- <laughs> it's almost house, comical. It's, it's, it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's just, um, and it just somehow, you know, when you talk about any of those things, you do almost laugh because it's so ridiculous. But in the, in the world of this movie that Ari Aster's made, it, it works, you know, I mean, when you talk about that scene of her kind of swimming out of the room or the floating her headless body floating up, there's just so much ridiculousness to it, but it, it, it's just, you believe it when you're in it, or at least I did, you know, I I imagine the people who didn't buy it just found those things unbelievable and couldn't, you know, get past it maybe, but I don't know. And I love the, the audio tick, the audible tick. Oh, the yeah. the noise that the daughter makes yeah, that yeah. becomes the almost the telltale heart right. aspect throughout the rest of the film, even beyond her demise. And yeah, they keep hearing yeah, it at different times. Yeah, yeah, throughout the house, and yeah, it's just yeah. creepy. And and when Peter basically beats the daylights out of himself in the middle of class, right? Just that whole class, I guarantee it is in therapy still today. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. such a good scene. Yeah. And um, yeah, let's. And then of course, uh, Anne Dowd is in it, and uh, she plays the friend, the woman who befriends her at grief, the grief counseling, and and then she, but she's really a part of the cult, uh, and she's always fantastic in everything. In fact, um, she is. She was on two of two of my favorite shows in the last ten or so years. Uh, one was. Uh, the Americans, and she was really good in that. She had kind of a, it was definitely a supporting role, but she was very good in that. And then, but she played, she was a fantastic in um, the movie Handmaid's Tale. In Handmaid's Tale, that's right, Handmaid's Tale. She's great in that. And then she's also in that uh, show called Justified with Timothy Oliphant. Oh yeah, great. Do you know they're a rem? I don't want to say remaking it, but continuing that. Oh, are they series with oh, no. him? Yeah, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. That's great because yep. I, I loved that show. It's it's a really Me good. Me too. One. It's a and she played one of the bad guys one of the seasons, and she was terrific in that role, like absolutely amazing. So, um, the the cast in this is just like everyone is fantastic, and of course at the end with the the cult there and you just, you'll just see like somebody naked standing back in the background. They don't even focus on it. It's just so good. So creepy. Yeah. So, although I didn't understand why they had to kill the dog, but I will say that in any movie that kills the dog, yeah, he was an innocent bystander. It wasn't necessary. Leave the dog out of it, folks. Yeah. I don't know why they have to continue. 
uh, to kill the dog in every movie. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. But uh, I guess it's be, you know everybody it's gets my only negative of the yeah. It's my only negative on the entire series, yeah. the entire film. Yeah, I agree. Um, at least we don't have to see it though. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, unlike uh, what was that Keanu Reeves movie where he, <laughs> it was horrible. John Wick. John Wick. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. Um, but you know, it's an easy. It's it's almost too easy because obviously audiences they just get repelled by repulsed by it, and uh, it it just. But it 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 definitely has an effect. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Um. Anything else about Hereditary? No, I would just con- continue to gush about it. You know, yeah. ad nauseum. But uh, I, if there's somebody out there listening, and for all we know, I don't even know if Mark's seen this. He he doesn't seem to have seen many films. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, he or but, he's seen uh, he's yeah. seen a lot of movies, but they're all like a lot of them are the same movie. <laughs> yeah, he likes to watch movies m- multiple times, which I do too. But I also make time for new ones. I don't know if he's yeah. seen Hereditary or not. Actually, to tell you the truth. Uh, I can't remember him commenting. I'm sure we'll on find it. out in two weeks. Yeah, I guess we will. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember him commenting on it ever, but I don't know. Maybe he has. I'm not sure. So, Mark, if you haven't watched it, you better watch it by the time we meet again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know, just a side note, I know, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. So I think, you know, I know it's, you know, people might be like, well, you know, there's so much seriousness out there. Um, obviously with Ukraine, your hearts go out to those people, but you know, that's what shows like this are for is kind of give you some relief from, from dwelling on all these things that we have no control over personally. So it's important to, to have these little moments to enjoy things still in life. Uh, even as, as things get crazy out there, um, but uh, I and I highly recommend if you have not watched Hereditary recently, please do because it is um, you, you should check it out. If you have, obviously if you haven't seen it at all, it should be the first thing you watch. I give this five stars. Uh, oh, easily. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Joe? Technically speaking, what, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not massacre. Uh, yeah, is uh, technically Cinescare certified because there's only the two of us right now. You know? Yeah, I guess we could eke it in in a technicality. <laughs> but hereditary is obviously Cinescare certified. Um, yeah, and certainly, and and I think it's probably certified for, for by anyone. I I just I. You know, there's some movies that when I hear people don't like them, I just can't take their opinions seriously anymore. They're clearly that. watching yeah. it wrong. They're watching yeah. it wrong. And this is one of them. There's some movies that we can argue about. Okay, I get it. You're not into David Lynch or you're not into this or that. But I just... You're not into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, well, yeah, well yeah. that. We have to, we have to <laughs> remedy that. Uh, because I will... I, I know that um, at some point, Maybe this next summer or by September, I would love to do a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode uh, going through the series. Now, I, I get it. It's got like seven seasons and six of those seasons had like 20 episodes. Uh, so I think for you, Joe, what I'll do maybe is because I know you, you get hung up on stuff. So what I'll do is maybe come up with a list of episodes for you to watch you know what i mean that you might 
find well, I don't, it. I don't want to. It's such a complex storyline. I don't know if I could skip around like well, that. Well, to be honest, it is because there's, you know, there are. That was sarcasm. Yeah, well, it is true. <laughs> and I, I got that it was sarcasm. So that's why I'm correcting it because there are story arcs in every season. And, but then they also have standalone episodes. And it's sort of like uh, the the X Files did that kind of. They had they would have a certain story arc in a season, sure. but they would also have standalone episodes, monster of the week kind of thing, right? And if and, it helps, I've I've already pushed through the first thirty minutes of the first episode. That that doesn't help because you still have like <laughs> the, season one. It takes a little. It's a little shaky. It didn't have a very big budget. It takes a little bit to get going. Season two really picks up though. Like it, it's night and day difference. The writing is amazing. J- Josh Josh, what's his name? Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. He yeah. really uh, season two and three comes into his own. After that, you know, I'll you know, but I, I highly recommend that you. At least push through season three, and I'll give you episodes to watch after that. I will guarantee you that I will at least finish the first episode. <laughs> um, and Between another idea now in September. Another idea I had because I am a big Doctor Who fan, are and and some episodes of Doctor Who are horror. Um, so I was thinking about picking out some episodes of Doctor Who uh, to to have you watch as well, but. Uh, I think we should pick our favorite Twilight Zone episodes. That's a good one, too. Yeah, there, there's all yeah. kinds of... I, I really believe, you know, television has a lot of... Especially lately has a lot of horror that is worth watching. Uh, but the Twilight Zone was, was terrific for that. Um, yeah. Some episodes were straight out horror. Um, yeah. And then some... They all had something unsettling about them, I, I feel like. Or, you know, a lot of them did. But now we have to give the listeners the really, really bad news. What's that? Of what oh, no. we have to watch Shh. next. Damn it, Mark. Un- or Joe. Un- I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, God it. it's Mark's pick. It he's is. not even here for us to yell at him. No. And, and, isn't and that just like Mark to not be here with yeah. and make us drop announce? it and run? Right. We have to announce this, yeah. this franchise. If it was just the movie, the first movie, maybe that no would be problem. Fine. No problem. But how many yeah. are there in this? Well, go ahead There's and announce what three. it is, Joe. Go ahead. Okay, so Mark is against our will with a gun to our head, forcing us to watch the Lost Boys franchise. And I emphasize franchise. There are three movies in this. I have no problem, well, very little problems, with the original Lost Boys film. I had a poster of the Lost Boys on my wall when I was in high school. I thought they were cool. However, the two sequels that have followed, it's bad enough that I have to watch them, but it's not even like they're free on Netflix or something. I yeah. have to pay money to watch these two additional trash films with both Corys in it. Yep. Yeah. And, and will you be buying this set? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. I've seen The Lost Boys enough times in my life that I, I could you know almost recite it. I d- and I certainly don't want to do that with the other two. To be honest with you, I didn't realize there were two sequels. I don't. I don't even remember that there was one, to be honest. But I didn't realize there were two sequels to this. There shouldn't be. But yet we're going to watch them. So have all you, you listeners them? at home, no. Yeah. I avoid them like the plague. Yeah. I the first movie I liked, but I, and yeah. actually, really, I think my biggest problem with the first movie is Mark at this point. <laughs> And he, and he, right. You know, he, I don't know what it is, but but there's something about the fact that he loves this movie that much that makes me like it less. 
But yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, unfortunately, we are going to have to shuffle through. Uh, yeah, there's one called uh, The Lost Boys, The Thirst from 2010. And there's another one called Lost Boys, The Tribe from 2008. Just the names sound terrible. So those are... There, there wasn't there those another the one, Farewell to the Flesh or something like that? No, or is that something else? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Those are the only. Those are the only ones that come up. Okay. Three that uh, Mark was talking about. Yeah. Goodness, I. God, I hope there's not a fourth. And Farewell to the Flesh just sounds dumb. Hey, <laughs> no, there, there is a. I think there is a sequel that is Farewell to the Flesh, but I, I don't remember what franchise that is now. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, okay, let me see. Lost Boys. That's Candyman. The Thirst. Oh, is that it? Oh, that's right. Candyman, duh, Farewell duh, of the Flesh, right. yeah. I should have remembered no, that. No, so thank God. It's it's just those three Lost Boys movies. Oh, my Although, God. Is, the Corey, is Corey Feldman in, in both of the sequels? Yeah, uh, yeah he is. Let's... At least the third one. Oh, Corey Haim is in, in uh, the second one. And Corey Feldman's in the third. Okay. Oh, no, Corey, Corey Feldman Haim. and Corey Haim are both in part two. Yeah. And then Corey, I think Corey Haim died before the third one, right? Yeah. He's dead, right? I I don't know. I, don't, th- I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, but I believe the wrong, he's dead. It's the, it's the wrong Corey died. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, he died in 2010. Oh, yeah. okay. So. Well, that's... It was, it was been a, a rough day for Mark, I guess. Otherwise, it would have been an exceptional film, I'm sure. Yeah, if he hadn't died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they were both in it. Yeah. Although Tom Savini's in it. Is he? Well, that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean anything, but... No. He, he's not known for his acting chops. No, oh, certainly not. I didn't realize, I didn't realize Corey Haim was, was in Silver Bullet. It's been a long time. Huh. Oh, yeah, little kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> you do realize this was our show, and we could have just dug in and said, "No, Mark, we're not watching it." I but know. I know. Here we are, being such gracious hosts. I know. Oh, why do we? Why are we letting him make picks anyway? I don't. I don't really know. Mm. All right. Well, I guess that is it uh, for another episode, right? Yes, it certainly is. And for those of you at home, please. Listen, download, rate, and review our uh, our podcast wherever your podcasts are downloaded from. And don't forget to check us out on all of the interwebs and social medias out there. Uh, we're even on the TikToks, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we'd, we'd greatly appreciate some feedback and some ratings. Yeah, and please chime in on our Facebook group. Um, there's some discussions that go on there, so please uh, go find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, or and if you else. too hate hate the Lost Boys sequels, please pipe up and let Mark know. Yeah, let him know. Brian, I'm I'm talking to you, Brian. Yeah. Or if you're just annoyed that Mark likes <laughs> <laughs> the Lost Boys as much as he does, then then chime yeah. in on that one too, because that's really where Joe Mark, and I are. Mark is going to do the the uh, episode in two weeks, wearing the purple uh, 
stretch pants and no shirt with the saxophone and the long oh, greasy hair. That's right. So oh, just I know it. Sweaty yeah. saxophone or oily saxophone player. Ugh. Oily saxophone guy. Yeah. Whew. There's some. I mean, for a movie I kind of liked when I saw it. There's some crappy stuff in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did it, Joe. Uh, we we did we it. made it through an episode, and it, actually. We really didn't shave off much time, by the way. It's no, like we're still going 15, long. I know. God, if Mark was here, it would have taken like three hours. Yeah, no kidding. All right. All right, well, everybody, I guess we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Welcome to the podcast Cinescare.